1: Welcome back to the Man Coverage Podcast. I am your host, Mike Payton of Pride of Detroit. Today, we have got a a legendary, legendary guest with us today. The rock god himself has graced us with his presence. Uh, Some people know him as Mr. Matthews in a classroom setting, but, but you at Pride of Detroit, you know him as Ryan Matthews. Ryan, thanks for coming on the pod today.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure, Mike. That's maybe the best uh, the best introduction I've received in my podcast history.
1: Yeah, I'm getting better at it. I think I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, Ryan and I were talking off the air. Uh, I hope you guys are ready, Lions fans, because we're really not going to talk Lions today. Because what's the point? Lions just lost 47 to 7. Do you really even want to hear us talk about the Lions? I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said at this point? So, we're going to wing it. But uh, first, you know, I, I want to learn more about Ryan because uh, you and I, we've been working together for four years. We've we've met each other a few times. We've shared a couple of drinks and had a good time and all that. But, but we don't know each other all that well. So let's start it all off, man. Why the rock god? Who started this? What does it even mean?
2: Okay, this is a great question. So, yeah, let's get into the... Uh... Let's get into the history and the origin story of the rock god. So, I have a deep-rooted affinity, just as I think any kid who was in their tweens or early teens, or maybe even maybe even a full-blown teenager in the mid two thousands, and Limp Biscuit was the thing. So, I I I, I think I had um, there. I, I know my my half brother had their first album was it like a uh, three dollar bill or three dollar bill, bill y'all, y'all.
1: yeah
2: yeah and uh then i remember when uh the next album came out and i loved 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 the song with method man in together now was my jam and now i listen to it in 2020 and it is painful to listen to but i still embrace that part of me that you know brought chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water onto the bus in my Walkman when I was, you know, in sixth grade. So that, uh, that has always stuck with me. And I don't know, how can you hate Fred Durst? I don't know. He's just, he seems so harmless.
1: Yeah, I really don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously that genre of music, that whole time period, it passed, right? He, Limp Biscuit's not putting out any hit songs at any time soon, but I still listen to that stuff. I mean, I, I, not long ago, I was I went on a long drive and I I found myself jamming to like their entire catalog. I, I love it. Um, my Libb Biscuit story, of course, is I got Significant Other, uh, which is their second album, for Christmas one year for my uncle Jimmy, but he bought me the edited version, and um, and man, oh, I threw the biggest. That's just a kick to the gut, ever. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, my uh, I looked very ungrateful because I came right out and said it like immediately. This is the edited version. I don't want this trash. Do better. Do better, Uncle Jimmy. Uh, and they still make fun of me for that every now and again. But, um, you know, come on, man. It's like it's worthless if it's edited.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's also like a very generational thing. So like we say that Limp biscuit is a very generational thing, but having access to unedited music that's just another generational thing that I think, uh, and I don't mean to talk about kids these days, but yeah, kids these days have no idea in this like streaming world, the difference between getting an edited and unedited unedited copy of a, of an album.
1: It's, it's heartbreaking, man. It really throws off the entire flow of the, the song. Sometimes, you know, they'll replace certain words like they do on TV, but at other times they just don't, they just blank out the word altogether and you're listening to a song, really vibing to it, and then all of a sudden, there's just this blank space in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, I've never never been a big fan of it, but yes, it's essentially what listening to the radio was when we were when we were younger. Oh um, yeah, I don't know if you if you it, you kind of missed the radio uh, world there, didn't you a little bit?
2: Yeah, I, I think I caught it at the tail end. I mean, like I I really got into music when like Harmony House still existed, oh, yeah. and Um, you know, I remember going to FYE in the mall and they had the little scanners underneath that you could put on the headphones and, you know, preview the tracks. Yeah. That was one of my favorite pastimes, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of came in at the tail end of like, I guess what you would call like the analog age. And then I, and then I was there right from the digital age, man. The first, do you remember the first song that you downloaded on either like Napster or LimeWire or any peer to peer sharing service?
1: Uh, I think that it was D.Lo Brown's theme. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what it was. Uh, I, I was really heavy on wrestling theme songs when Napster came out because I didn't have the discs. And there were some songs that just weren't on those discs. So you had to go find them. Um, oh, I think, yeah, it's, it's probably that. And that, you know, there was, I got into some adult stuff as well, obviously, like most yeah, of us oh, did God. on those peer to peer. <laughs> mine was <laughs> uh
2: mine was green day minority and i remember it because i remember that song so fondly because it was like one of the first like songs that i downloaded and it was explicit and they drop a huge f-bomb and i would like wait with eager just anticipation for that one that one f-bomb and uh man but downloading wrestling music yeah mike we, we have we have that in common for sure
1: Not only would I download wrestling music, I would have like little, um, they'd be like interludes of just wrestling promos. Like I would download rock promos and stuff like that in between the songs. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it was great, man. I put put together my own albums, essentially, of just wrestling songs. It was was good times, man. Oh, that's great times. Great times of yesteryear. Yeah, I know. Back when we totally, our generation completely screwed up the music industry for everyone else. <laughs> yes, it was good stuff. I'm glad <laughs> we did that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Whoops. All right, man. Well, I got to ask you about some other stuff here. I've got a list of things I want to talk about. Um, you are a molder and shaper of young minds. Uh, you're a teacher. I don't know. What level? What level? High school, near high
2: It's high school. Yeah. Ninth, ninth to twelfth grade.
1: And do you have a, are you teaching a certain subject or?
2: Yeah, I teach, I teach English language arts. And then I also am in charge of the yearbook, which is um, one of the most anxiety riddled things I've ever done at a job.
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine, I guess. Are you taking pictures and stuff or are you just the editor of the yearbook?
2: I'm just the boss. Right. So here's here's the thing about the yearbook is that it's this hardcover record or collection of, you know, that year. And it's so important. Like you don't you don't think about how important it is as, you know, somebody who just went through the school system and maybe you bought some yearbooks and maybe you didn't. But, you know, if I ask you right now where your where your yearbooks are, you're like probably, you know, in a box somewhere or you might not even know and you don't even really care.
1: Actually, I know where it is. It's upstairs. I can get it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I guess we don't keep them on hand, but it is like a written record for the school, and schools take them really seriously. And I think our school—I mean, we have yearbooks going back all the way to the 1930s, and yeah, and they and they keep one every year, and it gets and it gets stowed away, and. Uh, it wasn't until I saw that collection of books that I was like, holy shit, this is a really big responsibility. Um, and I've been lucky enough to have awesome students, uh, in yearbook. And I've been lucky enough to have some really awesome, like editors who, uh, who I, you know, put in charge of kind of being like the boss of yearbook class on that side. And I guess I'm more so like the managing, um, the managing editor. I guess I'm like the Jeremy of yearbook uh, in a sense, if that makes sense. So, um, but, uh, that, that has been a, uh, that has been a really stressful journey because you can't make everyone happy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I imagine the school cares about it so much because, well, I don't know, back in my day, they, uh, they would sell it. They would sell you the yearbook. You had to pay for it. So this was a a money-making endeavor. They're probably like $80 or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they start out at 70. And then uh, if you wait and wait and wait and um, if you wait until like the day of release, then they end up being like 90 bucks. They are expensive.
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say there was like a like the 70 dollar was the standard definition. And then there was like a (laughs) Blu-ray 90 dollar three disc type thing.
2: There's uh there's yeah, there's an edition that comes with downloadable content and a free right. season pass.
1: <laughs> Making of and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Some <laughs> DLC. Yeah. It's good. Uh so I gotta I gotta ask man because I remember when I was um in school they would wheel that that black card in with the VCR on the bottom and the TV on top. And throw on some, some Bill Nye or something like that. How, how often are you throwing on Bill Nye for these kids?
2: You know, I am not your typical, uh, history teacher who also coaches football and you're going to watch saving private Ryan and band of brothers and every other war movie under the sun. Um, but, uh, I, so here's here's the thing. Let me let me blow your mind real quick. So Holly invested in and I'm sure you've seen of like these like smart boards that they have in schools now. But yeah. we got well we got these like full blown 4K HD smart boards that are in a room that like can access the internet and like I can literally just like click on a, a an app and it goes to YouTube and I can watch as many wrestling clips as I want to from Bad Blood 97 but um the The I I don't know, I I rarely there's there's one movie we watch for sure in 11th grade and I put it into the uh, curriculum is the Truman Show because it goes along with our uh, our our unit on identity. And I'm really proud of that Uh, because Truman Show is a great movie. I've seen it like under times and i still like it blows students minds like it's like their first like really like thoughtful movie you know what i mean like they they go see like the avengers movies and they go see but like this like truman shows like thoughtful in like another way and to see like their like minds get blown is uh it's always such a rewarding experience
1: yeah i'm gonna have to watch that today then uh, because i love that movie it's it's so good it's a good movie Now, do they call you, uh, Mr. Matthews or yo teach or.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't really get the say by the bell treatment, um, that often. Um, what they like to do though, is they like to intentionally misspell my last name. Uh, and I tell them for whenever they turn in papers that, uh, for every additional T they add, I take two points off and, uh, there was one, one of my favorite students, uh, her name, her name was Kia and she would, um, <laughs> one, one time she put like enough teas that it like took up like a half the page and she was one of, she was one of my, uh, favorite writers, but yeah, that was, that's, that's good stuff. They, they, they troll me on that.
1: Well, speaking of writing, do they know that you, uh, write for Bridges, right? Are they, are they aware of that?
2: Yeah, they do. I, I really should start making some money off of it and have them uh, start kind of like farm downloading our podcast uh, in class for like extra credit or something. Yeah. Um, but I view that as the quickest way to go have a meeting with the superintendent. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they know they uh, it's, it's one of the ways that I introduce myself. And it's one of the ways I make a lot of connections, actually, to, you know, how I especially like when it comes to grammar and things like that um i uh, i actually use like pride of detroit articles for them to edit and things like that so
1: it's, Uh-oh. it's cool Oh <laughs> know what just happens oh I, man I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I was already insecure about my writing now i, I kids grading my stuff <laughs> sorry about that mike no, that's cool, man. No, I, I hope, I hope it's what just happened. They could learn some stuff in there There's some fun videos and good music in those things. I think <laughs> personally, I don't know. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, that, those are the questions I wanted to know about teaching. Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about some other stuff here. Yeah. You, uh, let's, let's, let's go, let's, let's take it down a notch. Let's get serious. Let's get real. Oh, um, recently you uh you got into a bit of a car accident and when i say a bit of a car accident i mean like a really bad one and you broke your leg and uh why don't you give everybody an update on that are you is adamantium working all way all right And you good Uh,
2: you know the one person who constantly gives me hope each and every week has been alex smith uh it's really and and i say that jokingly but i also say it like in in a very serious sense too, because my orthopedic surgeon, he told me to check out the E60 they did on Alex Smith and his injury. Um, And he goes, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, the bones that broke the way they broke uh, you both had compartment syndrome. Um, He's like, your injuries were very similar to one another. And to see him like back out on an NFL football field and playing at the highest level is uh is something that i'm just astonished by like if he doesn't win comeback player of the year then uh, the award should be thrown away it's yeah. it's insane um i mean just the grind for like and i know i'm not receiving um you know top notch top you know f- football level medical treatment and rehab and all that stuff but he uh he's a guy who had it even way worse than me. Cause he ended up having infections. I think he had like 18 or 19 surgeries total. I only had two. Um, but what, what he's able to do is just, is just absolutely incredible. Um, cause I mean, I'm uh, a little over five months out from my accident. Um, and, uh, it's, um, it's been a real process getting back. And I mean, I, I still can't do like, I, I can't run. Um, cause my, my ankle just doesn't flex that way. But, uh, and, and that's probably been the hardest part is like not being able to do the stuff that you used to be able to do. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, with, with more rehab and stuff like that, I'll, I'll I'll get there eventually too. So I know it, it doesn't happen overnight, but Alex Smith is,
1: he's, he's legit, man. Oh yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people don't understand that he he could have died like it was yeah it was that bad um or had his leg amputated uh at, at the least um so yeah to see him pull through and to watch him do the things that uh that he's done is is definitely inspirational and i'm glad that you uh are pulling through as well and and uh be well thank back you. On the court before you know it man
2: i hope so i hope i hope with jerry mallory i want to see that guy out on the court now
1: is there a rumor going around that Jerry can ball or?
2: Apparently there's videos. There's been videos uploaded to Slack. Um, but, you know, Jerry, he usually operates like between the hours of like 1130 yeah. p.m. and 5 a.m. So yes,
1: I have no uh, idea where that guy is all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, he's got the height. I'm, I can imagine he could be pretty difficult to play against. I'm, I'm not bad on the court, man. I Get me on the court and I'm trouble. Like talking like triple <laughs> triple double type stuff. And how oh, tall are buddy, you, Mike? You know, are you like six three? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Are you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. I'm uh I'm five eleven and like a half.
2: I don't know. I feel like when I saw you in Grand Rapids, you just were like definitely taller than me.
1: Well, that's just like my personality,
2: you know, Oh, uh, Okay,
1: to, you know, okay it's yeah. It's like my aura. <laughs> if you will <laughs> it okay. makes me look 10 feet tall. I, I don't know. Um, all right, let's, Uh. so, so we brought it down or right, let's bring it back up, man. You, some good, some real good news just happened recently. Yeah. You and, and, and your, uh, your girlfriend, um, you got engaged. So how did that go? What, how did you do it?
2: Uh, this is the Chris Profet answer, but very carefully. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's, I I got engaged, uh, to a a wonderful, wonderful woman. Uh, her name is Amanda and, uh, yeah, it happened in Colorado up in the mountains, had an opportunity in, uh, like early December to go out there and and visit some friends. And, um, I decided that there probably wouldn't be a better time to do it during COVID. Um, otherwise we were going to get engaged in like our kitchen (laughs) or our like foyer, So I don't know. I was like, no better time to do it than now. And I did it. And she said, yes. And. But
1: did you drop to the knee? Did you, you know, I didn't,
2: I didn't do the knee thing. I I don't know. It it, it didn't feel right for the moment. Also, it was like snowy and slippery. And with my, with my bad, with my bad wheel already, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get up or if I was going to end up looking like a fool, but. I, one of the one of the, the the funniest parts of the engagement was we were gonna walk to this outlook, and it was like a it was about a mile around, and it just went in a circle and then started back over. So we we get out of the car, we're walking to the outlook, which is really early on the trail, and uh, this whole convoy of cars pull up, and it's all people that want to take wedding pictures at the outlook that I'm gonna propose at. And I was just like, wow. this is literally the worst timing ever. So we go to the Outlook and then we, like, we just start going around on the loop and my friends are behind us. And uh, I kind of look over my shoulder and they're like, what do you like? That was, that was, when is it? Is it not happening? Like, did it happen? And she say no? Like, and uh, I was like, no, we just like a texted." and I was like, we have to loop around. We have to come back. So those people are taking wedding photos and I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. nobody likes that guy.
1: <laughs> no, nobody likes uh, that guy. Nobody likes that guy. Um, all right. Well I guess the you know like the bigger the biggest question here, the like the more important thing is um uh, can I sing at your wedding?
2: Oh Mike, um that's gonna be a hard no.
1: Oh, I had a song picked out and everything, man. <laughs> was, was it from was it from significant other? <laughs> No, it was. It, yeah, I was gonna sing Nookie at you guys' wedding, uh, or no, Break Stuff. I was gonna sing Break Stuff. It felt like the right. I read. I read the room, and Break Stuff felt right. I guess. No, I was gonna, I was gonna sing the the song from Coming to America. You know, like, she's your queen to me. <laughs> when 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 is Coming to America coming out? Uh, March. March good. 15th. Actually.
2: Is it going to be one of those things that gets like delivered to my to my TV? I don't have to go see it in theaters, right?
1: Oh, it's coming right to Amazon Prime. Oh, that I'm really looking forward to that.
2: Eddie Murphy's done some good stuff lately after, you oh, know, oh, having yeah. like a 10-year stretch of just like
1: absolute duds and stinkers. Yeah, I loved Dolomite. I thought it was great. His SNL yeah. episode was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm looking yeah, forward to great. it. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. March 15th. That's March 15th. Use promo code Ryan Matthews and you get 10% off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay. Well, we're going to talk about some other stuff on the other side of the break, but now we're going to do some real ads. Uh, So we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the man coverage show. today we've got our own Ryan Matthews in the hot seat. Um, so normally this will be the the portion where we talk about the the Lions game on Sunday and we'll talk about you know their their upcoming game. but again, who really cares right now? I know I don't. <laughs> I'm ready for this thing to be over. I'm I'm ready. I'm just so ready. So I want to play a little game with you here, Ryan. I'm gonna make you think. Uh, I'm going to have to think, too. Um, so we're going to we're going to do some Batman stuff here. Oh, boy. Yeah. yep. OK, so I'm thinking that we should rank our top five Batman movies. So I'm going to let you go first. Your top five, you can start at five, one being your number one.
2: All right. Wow. Okay. So five, and this is for strictly nostalgic purposes, and because it was the it was the second movie I ever saw in theaters. But number five is Batman Forever. For some reason, that film, along with the McDonald's cups, did you ever yeah. get those? Oh, They're the glass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they had the awesome handles on them, like the Riddler one was like the shaped like a question mark. And Okay, just for those like purposes alone, that's number five. Um, and you know what? They could have done a lot worse than Jim Carrey for the Riddler.
1: It's really not that bad of a movie. I watched it last week. It's 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 okay. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is going way overboard. Like he's oh just, yeah, he's eating up the scenery. But but I love Jim Carrey in that movie. And I thought Val Kilmer was a pretty good Batman.
2: Yeah, I you know what? He had the looks. I don't know if he necessarily had the acting chops, but. I think with that script, like Val Kilmer, like he could act, but like I just think that script didn't really do him any favors. It's really hard to write a Batman script. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a guess. Uh, all right, number four. Number four. Um, I'll. This is gonna be the hot take, and uh, people aren't gonna really like it, but I'm gonna go with the Dark Knight. Oh, that's kind of low. That is kind of low, right? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Heath Ledger carries that movie. Um, as I said, it's, it's, it's really hard to write a Batman script and, um, I don't know. I've Christian
1: Bale is like probably my
2: third favorite Batman
1: behind Adam West and Ben Affleck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that a secret of who my top right. two are for now. All right. Sure. Um, all right. And number three, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, Batman Returns. Um, I mean, I love that. It's, and, and I, I'm kind of doing a switcheroo right now, but uh, my app, one of my favorite performances, my second favorite Batman movie is just 1989 with Jack Nicholson. There's just something about that movie that's just so good. And I think having Prince do the soundtrack makes it infinitely better like it's like a perfect a good, like if, good if you want to know what what life was like in 1989 just like turn on that movie and you need you, you have everything you need to know
1: yeah i mean party man is such a good song and uh the bat dance song it's all all they're all good I mean, it's a great great soundtrack
2: for i, I think you could honestly go like iconic scene for iconic scene between ledger's joker and jack nicholson's joker do you agree
1: um, man, it's both really good acting. I think I, Nicholson's clearly funnier, right? Like it's hilarious what he's doing. You know, this town needs an enema and like stuff like that. <laughs> it's hilarious. And I think maybe that they're, uh, you know, I don't know. I still think Ledger pulls it out, man.
2: And that's fine. You, uh, you know what? People are going to have their preference. And I think it's totally fine to say like one is better than the other. Um, I just I like I think people kinda like poo-poo on Nicholson's Joker a little bit too much because of like Ledger's like uh, like ascended to this like I don't know.
1: Well the big I, thing is that you know Ledger did something with the character that nobody had ever done. And he made yeah. it his own. Uh whereas everybody else is trying to play the Joker. He's he played like this totally insane. Uh, vision that we had never seen before. And that's, you know, I just remember watching it in the theater with my jaw dropped the entire time because I just couldn't believe how good of an acting uh, moment I was watching. How many times did you go see it in theaters? Do you remember? Uh, we, I saw it twice in theaters. I saw it opening day and then we went back like two days later and saw it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was a senior in high school. So it was like one of the coolest things to be doing at the time. And uh, I saw it seven times.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow, well that's a lot. Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's no, it, not it's better really- than it's not it's not better than my number 1 film which is Batman Mask of the Phantasm.
1: I just, you know, look, that's also my number one. Uh let, let me just uh, I'm going to, let me run through mine and then we're going to talk about Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so my number five is Dark Knight Rises. Look, I don't care, man. I don't care how bad Marion Cotliard's death scene was. Like this (laughs) movie, I thought it was great. I thought Tom Hardy was good as Bane. I, I, I really like the story that they're trying to tell. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy that one. Where are you at on Rises?
2: Um, it's probably my number six. Like it's probably knocking on the door um like yeah. is it a is it is rises objectively a better movie than batman forever 100 percent, but
1: i don't know like i
2: said nostalgia is a powerful yeah.
1: thing right uh so then i'm gonna go uh batman 89 with number f- uh four because you know it's just a classic i've seen it a million million times can still watch it um uh, I'm gonna put Batman Returns over '89 because I've sort of got a new love of that movie, where I I just watch it so differently now than I did when I was a kid, and like it just seems it seems so much better to me now than it ever has. Uh, and I watched it last week, and it it was still just it was so much better. What's your uh, favorite scene uh, in never, that movie? My favorite scene in Batman Returns? Yeah. Oh man, I really like it's it's hard i really like the uh i really like the the second the second fight where he you know where he goes and fights with the uh the big guy and puts the bomb on him and oh yeah yeah and, kills him. And he, he and kills, kills him and he kills him
2: kills the person
1: it's like the third person he kills in that movie too because he sets that that one dude on fire yeah <laughs> Remember when everybody freaked out about Batman vs Superman? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, Jesus. Two is Dark Knight, and then one. Let's just go talk about it. Mask of the Phantasm. Like, why is this not the most popular Batman movie ever made? Because it is so so good. I think it's because it's a cartoon.
2: Yeah, I mean, this movie. This movie doesn't work. I don't think if it's like a live action film, like a lot of things would have to change. But man, for some reason, just the scene where he's escaping from the police and he has his mask and cowl on the uh, on the wooden structure.
1: Yeah. The saw the saw thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The saw bench. And then and, and he's running through and he doesn't have his mask on and everything that's just one of my favorite scenes. Cause it does Batman so good. Like it's, it's like one of the perfect examples of him being a vigilante. And like the other cool thing was like in that cartoon, uh, in, in Batman, the animated series, they never, they never did blood like in the actual cartoon, but in mask of the phantasm, it sounds like such a dumb thing, but like, like there was blood, like people yeah. bled and it, it all of a sudden seemed like even more real. So like when I saw that as a kid, like I could differentiate and be like, this is like more serious. This is like more intense.
1: I just always flash back to that, you know, the scene at the end where she's holding Joker and he's on his knees laughing maniacally. I think that, I think that has to be one of the most iconic Joker moments of all time. Like, it He just really uh, pushes through, you know, this character. He's so insane and just so everything is a joke to him to the point where he's going to die here, like clearly. And he just thinks it's hilarious because he's won. At the end of yeah. the day, he, he won.
2: Yeah. Um, so uh, the, I want to ask you, like, who has the best laugh, the best joke or laugh? It has to be Mark Hamill, right?
1: Yeah, it's Mark Hamill. No doubt about it. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with you. You know, I, Heath Ledger didn't really even. Yeah. He only laughed maybe like once in that whole entire movie. And, and Jack Nicholson was laughing the entire time. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, I think it's gotta be Hamill. His, I love the voice uh, that he does with Joker. I love what he's done with that, that character. He would be my, my number three in terms of Joker rankings. I'd have to put Ledger up top, obviously. But fair enough. Where do you stand? Where do you? I, yeah, not to get too deep into the weeds here, but where do you stand on Batman uh, Under the Red Hood? Because I think that is another underrated Batman movie.
2: Um, good. Yeah, I think I think it's a good film. I I've only seen it once, and it was a while ago. Um, but it, I mean, it didn't like stick with me or anything. But it wasn't like watching. And I don't know if you ended up watching it, but Batman Killing Joke.
1: No, I still haven't watched it. I've just it's heard too good. many bad things about it.
2: It's bad. It's very it's bad. It and it and it it's so like there are so many like artistic decisions that they took like making that as an adaptation. Like they like it's a loose adaptation.
1: Right. Yeah, I understand that there's a an odd sex scene in there between Batman and, and uh Batwoman or or Barbara Gordon or whoever it may be. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, not good. Yeah, well, hey, we got some breaking Lions news here. Uh, this is big, big, big story here. J-Ron Curse has been released. Uh, should we do 10 minutes on this or just continue to talk about other things?
2: Well, I I could go for at least an hour about J-Ron Curse's seven-game Lions career.
1: Yeah, yeah, it feels like... A, that was snake bitten from the start, uh yeah, let's just talk about other stuff um, <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned you wanted to talk about wrestling with me, so what do you got?
2: I mean, I was almost preparing for you to have some kind of question uh based around like a Mount Rushmore or something when it came to oh, wrestling,
1: yeah. okay, yeah, I'm always uh interested in the Mount Rushmore. Then go ahead. Who you got? Your Mount Rushmore for wrestlers. Yeah, my Mount
2: Rushmore uh, undoubtedly starts with my favorite wrestler of all time, and that's Shawn Michaels, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, as far as his like, in-ring work and his promos, very underrated, uh, it, he's just like the whole package, right? And here's, here's my one bit of Lion's that I'll pull into this podcast. I'm going to make a very kind of bold statement. Um, Even though I think a lot of people consider Michaels to like maybe be the best ever. Like, I think he's really like Matthew Stafford. And I think HBK is like Matthew Stafford in, in this way, in this sense. Stafford has like bridged this gap with like just like bad defenses and like nothing really around him. Like, yes, he had Calvin Johnson. But like he made Golden Tate. Like Golden Tate wasn't really Golden Tate until he played with Matthew Stafford. And like Marvin Jones wasn't Marvin Jones until he played with Matthew Stafford. Like Shawn Michaels had that same ability. Like he was the champion during this era in which like WCW was on top and they're running hot with the NWO. And like yeah. Michaels is just like this champion for like, you know, the Detroit Lions as is as Matthew Stafford, like during this very like unheralded time in Lions history, like he's like the one shining thing that's going on. Cause I mean, like Michaels is champion in a WWF with, uh, with like people like King Mabel winning King
1: of the Ring. Aldo Montoya and (laughs) legends of the ring like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That new generation thing. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. I get that. He was the best of a really bad situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So number two, um, I, th- it's just like they're so important, and they're two and three, but like Rock and Austin, like they have to. I feel like, I feel like if you don't have one of those guys on your Mount Rushmore, you're discrediting the biggest boom in wrestling popularity and in 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 the history that like probably the, you know sports entertainment will ever have happened to it. Right. I mean like right. rock and Austin are like the, the iconic faces of that generation. And I think maybe rock benefits a little bit more because he has this, like, I mean, he probably was the biggest action star for a couple of years there in terms of, you know, cinema. So, um, he has that to, you know, put into his, his, his resume. So, but both those guys belong up there just because, uh, so critical to the business, I think. Um, and my number four is really hard. I just rotate a different guy all the time. And so today yeah. I'm just feeling like Kurt angle.
1: I love Kurt angle. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt. Uh, I mean, had some of the best matches I've ever seen His match with Shawn Michaels, who is also on your Mount Rushmore WrestleMania 23 is, I think is one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's so good my Top five for sure. Um, just a lot of the things that he he did. It was a shame that he left WWE as early as he did, and with all the issues that he was having. But he could have had a lot more uh, great matches. I mean, he did do some good stuff with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and TNA, but not a lot of people saw that. So right. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I I share the same thing. So Shawn Michaels has to be there because he's he's the greatest wrestler of all time. Like he's. The best, even Ric Flair, who, you know, a lot of people believe is the best would probably say that and probably has said that Shawn Michaels is the best wrestler of all time. The things that he was able to do, that second run is was just unbelievable. Uh, and I'm glad I got I got to see him uh, uh, wrestle in the main event at WrestleMania. It was great uh, live at the uh, at Ford Field. Is the nicest thing that's ever happened to me at Ford Field. Most of the time I just get hurt. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, then I would have to put Stone Cold on there. It's really interesting with Stone Cold because he, he wasn't really around that long because he was injured almost that entire time. Like When he shot to stardom and started stunning everybody like Vince McMahon and Jim Ross and all that, he was injured. Like that was after Owen had broken his neck. like people don't realize just how little of the a time that he was on top that he actually wrestled. It just wasn't that much. Um, so to sustain that without actually wrestling matches, I mean that's that's huge. And the rock, obviously, is the rock, man. I mean he's, the, he's transcended wrestling and become one of the biggest stars in, in the world. Um, and he makes a good tequila as well. Uh, <laughs> but for, for my fourth. Uh yeah, I kind of rotate people out too. Sometimes I'll say Ric Flair. Um, but I feel like Chris Jericho deserves some recognition there because of the longevity. And he's almost kind of like the counterpoint to Shawn Michaels. Um like a Shawn Michaels light or Shawn Michaels Jr., you know, uh he, he puts on unbelievable matches and still kind of does. Um he should retire sooner than later, but just he, and the way he keeps recreating himself is also just something that is just—it's so great to watch.
2: Yeah, that match that him and Michaels had at WrestleMania 19 is another just uh, five-star classic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I realize I said uh, Michaels versus Angle at WrestleMania 23 earlier, but it was WrestleMania 21. My fault because I was at WrestleMania 23, um, and it was Michaels and Cena. Oh yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah. Yeah. In the main event. Good, good match. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, uh, cause I'm going to harp on you a little bit here because, oh no, uh, well, not too much, not too much, not too much. Uh, you haven't purchased any basketball cards yet, Ryan. And I I'm sort of in my own Island right now on this, on this, uh, this hobby. So I'm looking for someone to talk to about this, but and I <laughs> thought maybe for a second it would be you
2: um well something really really unfortunate happened mike and uh my fiance got me a record player for christmas and so now all of a sudden like i'm a vinyl collector like that's like i became that overnight it happened and i just woke up and i was like my let's go to the store and look for vinyl
1: no i understand i i i get it uh did you pick up picked up anything good yet on vinyl
2: uh, yeah, so my my first haul, um, I got Elton John's Madman Across the Water, uh, a classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I got Fleetwood Mac's Rumors because like that album is just nonstop hits. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and then I got uh, Missy Elliott's first album, uh, Super Dupa Fly, all produced by Timberland. Great songs on there. Socket to me with the brat. Uh, the rain. Oh yeah, so good.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a classic. I also collect vinyl. We haven't bought any new records in a while, but we got some we got some It's expensive. Stuff. It's it expensive. expensive. <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to look at like thrift stores and garage sales and stuff, but it, yeah. it's it's it is very pricey. Um reminds me of when I used to buy CDs for like 20 bucks a pop. I don't know how why I did that for so many years when I pay <laughs> not pay 9.99 a month now for music. So, yeah all right well okay we're gonna do the lightning round but first uh we're gonna take a little break we'll be right back Welcome back to man coverage. We've got our own Ryan Matthews with one T here today, and uh, we're going to put him through the lightning round. Ryan, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but it's 10 questions. It's uh, food related sports, entertainment, all sorts of things. Everyone survived. Are you ready?
2: I, I, it sounds like I like my chances. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: you will be okay. Um, <laughs> Let's go. Your first question here is, uh, what are you watching right now? What are you streaming on Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, whatever? What's your show? Uh,
2: my show right now, and I'm terrible because I did keep up with Jeremy and Alex for a while, but uh, I'm finishing season four of Mr. Robot. I don't know if you've dipped into that at all.
1: Still haven't done it yet. No.
2: Are, are, do you like Do you like Rami Malek? Are you cool with him?
1: He weirds me out. He really gives me the truth. But other <laughs> okay. than that, he's okay.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then this this show will do nothing but reinforce that. So you have that to look
1: forward to. I do like Christian Slater, though. I, I've always been a Christian Slater fan. So uh,
2: Nothing about that surprises me, Mike.
1: <laughs> well, hey, I've been around for a while, man. Uh, Slater used to be the man. <laughs> they used to say he would be the next uh, Jack Nicholson, but it never never really worked out. Um. Who's your favorite football player ever? Uh dude, this is so hard.
2: Uh the football player that really put me into football was Michael Vick.
1: Yeah, Vick was so fun to watch. Um it's a shame that he you know, did what he did. But other you know, I Went forgive I, I'm, publicly saying, I'm publicly saying here, as an owner of a pit bull, I forgive Michael Vick. Nobody has has done as much as that guy has to to understand that he's wrong and and try to right the wrong. Um, it's time to just let this go and forgive him.
2: Like, it's insane to me that people like I've seen signs before um, for people who just still detest Michael Vick and say that like Vick is a villain when like Ben Roethlisberger is like a captain or a hero. And I'm like, you do realize that guy's a serial rapist, right?
1: Two times, two times. It means he did it one of those times. I mean, come on, man. I I don't know why that guy's still in the league. Um, but Michael Vick was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Vick was great. I loved him. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, Backstreet Boys are in sync. Um, Backstreet Boys. Uh, dogs or cats?
2: Dogs. I I'll never have a cat ever. I'm sorry. I don't know. Just not for me.
1: Yeah, that's not for everybody. I mean, we got both. I'm happy with both. Uh, if I were on my own, I probably wouldn't have a cat. It's more of my wife's thing. But see, there, you, see you. So you have a preference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a preference. It's dogs for sure. Oh yeah. But I do love my cat. I do. I I like him. He's all right. Um. What's your favorite movie? Uh,
2: do I say RoboCop just to, just to get that out there?
1: I see what you're doing right now. <laughs> Look, man. Dead or Alive, okay. you're coming with me. <laughs> yeah, it was the moment that I had made a mistake. All right, I, we, we were trying to talk about what the best Detroit movies were, best movies set in Detroit, and I just forgot RoboCop for a second. <laughs> it, it could happen to anyone. <laughs> It's, it could, it's great. it could no, happen it, to
2: anyone. It, it is, it's fine. It's fine that you picked a movie that's not so unironically, it's Christian Slater, isn't it?
1: Yeah, True Romance, Christian Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater. yeah. There we go. Great movie. Seven Degrees Tarantino. of Slater. Yeah, I'll start that game. <laughs> um, all right. So every week, I put my guests through a scenario, and I force them to try to figure out how to how to win a game. And, uh, Ryan, you'll be no different. Let's see what I want to do with you. Uh, let's put you down there at the 40-yard line, your own 40-yard line. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm a big fan of 28 seconds. I don't know why. So, 28 seconds left. No, Uh. you know what? Let's give you a timeout. I'm going to give you one timeout. All right? You're down six. And you... Oh I gotta assign you a team here. You are the twenty twenty New York Jets. How are you gonna win the game? Oh. <laughs> uh
2: I don't know on this like time plane. I don't. I like does that reality even exist? They're so bad. They're so so bad. Um here's my hope. I have one timeout. So I'm You're going right. to try to I, I'm in I'm I'm just I'm just one of those people and I know people hate this play call, but I'm going to try to catch them off, off guard with a run. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get like a, a draw play. Uh, I'm going to try to catch them that way. Maybe I get 15 yards out of it. I'll take my time out. And then all of a sudden I'm at like 32, 33 seconds. I'm at about maybe a little over midfield. Now I'm within like throwing distance. Like even if things go bad, i'm gonna i'm gonna have a shot to win the game okay
1: all right uh, i'm not a big fan of running with that little time on the on the clock but and i don't think you're getting 15 yards with whoever they're running back who is who is it who is it that, right now it's Palin? frank gore it's, oh, frank, it's gore. frank gore timeless timeless frank gore <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe he do get 15 yards. I don't know. Maybe he's got one. Who's the,
2: who's ex, who's expecting the halfback draw with Frank Gore? Like let's run. No
1: it. one. No one. Uh, I, then, then, that would be why the jets are as bad as they are. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I respect it. I respect it. All right. couple more questions, a few more questions here. Uh, if you could be a pro athlete, what sport would you play? I, it,
2: you have to, you have to pick, Oh man, it, depends on why why am I doing this am I doing this because my father is trying to like uh live vicariously through me and I'm trying to make him happy or am I am I seeking a, a life of riches and fortunes with a salary
1: uh you're gonna say golf aren't you <laughs>
2: You know, and that Tiger that Tiger Woods documentary looks like it's going to be so good on HBO. Have you seen previews yeah, for it?
1: I, I have. I, I'm going to definitely have to watch it for sure. Yeah. It's,
2: yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, no, I would want to do one of the four major sports. Baseball seems like the easiest and you make the most money.
1: Yeah, you do make an ungodly amount of money for really not doing a whole lot. Yeah.
2: I get and, it. And well, you work from March until october and then you got the rest of the year off it's a pretty good if, game. You're,
1: if, you, if you're good yeah march till right march. Yeah, yeah you could be done by september exactly all right yeah baseball that's interesting yeah i get a lot of golf a lot of people say golf i don't uh i don't get that one but.
2: i wouldn't want to be good at golf people just have such a negative perception of golf i, I feel like in terms of like like in relationships you know yeah like I feel like I always see like stuff posted on social media of like guys joking about how they're trying to get out of the house to go play golf.
1: Yeah, there's that. And then there's, you know, like, I don't want to get too uh, like political or anything, but there seems like there's a level of classism in golf as well. That's like, who the hell can afford, like only the rich people can afford that. And it's like, I don't want to hang out with those people. It's
2: like skiing or snowboarding. Like that's a, that's an expensive hobby have you yeah. ever have you ever gone skiing or snowboarding
1: i i when i was like a freshman in high school i got a snowboard for christmas and i used it one time and never never use it again i kept falling it's ex-
2: you gotta you gotta get the boots you gotta get the lift pass and those are so expensive so expensive like i said i just went out to colorado and my buddy told me how much he pays for a day pass and it it was too much money
1: yeah no i'm it's just, I, I, when I think of skiing, I think that I'm going to break my ankles. Like there's just nothing. It just seems so easy to do that. Yeah, but, I, uh all right, Ryan, this is, this one always gets a little contentious or sometimes does. We'll see, we'll see what you're going to say here. Um, what are your go-to pizza toppings?
2: All right. And I'm not even thinking about it, but so I'm shooting straight from the hip. All right, this is my honest feelings. I'm not analyzing this too much. Pepperoni, mushroom, and banana peppers.
1: Okay. All right, that's good. Yeah, no, we'll we'll deal we'll deal with that. Uh, where it gets contentious is when people start saying pineapple, um, because yeah, you don't put fruit on pizza. In my book, it's just bad. You just don't do it. What. Uh, what,
2: what, like, kind of pineapple would be the most tolerable for you though? Because I have found that, like, certain kinds of pineapple, like, when they, when, when something is done to it, like, I've had like a barbecue pineapple chicken pizza and the pineapple's barbecued and it's glazed. So it doesn't have like that super sweet taste to it.
1: Uh, I would be open to maybe trying that. I, look, I like pineapple. I think for me, it's a consistency thing because when you cook that pineapple, it gets really soggy. You know what I uh, mean?
2: Because it kind of yeah.
1: like takes all the moisture out of it. Yeah. And it and it makes, it puts all that moisture into the pizza, which I guess is, you know, what it's supposed to do. But I, I just, I just, I don't know. I can't do it, man. I it's just, I don't like, I don't like it. <laughs> it's I just, not I your like thing. It. That's it's fine. not my thing. Pepperoni and bacon all day. That's, that's, that's what we should be doing. That's the, that's the end game for me. Um, Nike or Adidas?
2: Oh, man. My friends are going to kill me if I, if I don't stick to my, my brand, and my brand is uh, Adidas.
1: Why would your friends kill you?
2: They would just kill me for it if they, if they heard me not say Adidas over Nike because it was some dumb inside joke that I can't <laughs> even explain. I don't even, I don't even remember why it's a whole thing.
1: But. All, right. all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's the last question. This is the big one, Ryan. This is what this whole podcast was about. I angled oh, no. this whole thing together just to do this question. No pressure. It's the only question I'm going to bring back next year when we when we do the next season. Uh, are quarterback wins real? Quarterback wins are
2: not real. I love
1: it. Do you have any reason why you believe that?
2: Because Joe Flacco still is upright and walking.
1: That's right. Well, Joe Flacco's elite, right?
2: Yes. He's, he's elite because of what stat, Mike Payton?
1: Because of a quarterback win. <laughs> yes, because he, he happened to be on a team that won the Super Bowl. Uh,
2: it almost true.
1: didn't. Probably shouldn't well- have won that game.
2: Why has it always, it's kind of like a Baltimore Ravens thing. Like what's up with Baltimore Ravens having like super subpar quarterbacks, but being able to like defy everything that we know about like modern professional football.
1: I don't know. Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson. Uh, uh, who else you? Watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like Lamar. I do. I do. Um, he's a great running back. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: That should be the question you take over to next season. Forget the quarterback wins are a stat is what, what position does Lamar Jackson play?
1: (laughs) I just would like if he threw the ball more, that's all. That's all I'm saying. He's got an arm. He can throw the ball. He just maybe just doesn't have any good receivers. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Hollywood Brown, did you good in fantasy?
1: Yeah, he did. He did. Um, and then he didn't do anything for me this week. I sat him, um, and I, I lost. But it could be worse. This is what it is, man. Well, Ryan, um, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It was fun. I hope uh, everybody who's listening enjoyed everything that we talked about because we didn't really talk about anything that you guys come to us for. So <laughs> We did talk about J-Ron which was some breaking news. We, we got that in for a moment.
2: We, you broke news. You broke news on a podcast, Mike.
1: Right. This podcast comes out on yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> it's well, Monday. hey,
2: maybe, maybe some people are taking a break from the Lions. They're going to flip on this podcast. And after they hear me talk about how <laughs> Shawn Michaels is Matthew Stafford, uh, they get a little breaking news.
1: Yeah, I think you should write a, uh, a standalone article about that, personally. but How many um, words? Uh, 600. Six hundred. Okay. Yeah, stretch that as far as you can. Um, but yeah, so Ryan, tell the people where they can find you.
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, you can find me in Holly, Michigan. Um, I'm not going to give up my address right now, but uh, you can. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a seems like a safe thing to do. Uh, man's got a family. Um, at Ryan underscore Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm usually talking about sports or gambling Mm -hmm. i'm glad we didn't talk about that on this podcast um yeah uh, yeah or food takes yeah exactly (laughs) yeah um yeah so there's uh there's that and then you can find me you know at pride of detroit um on on the website writing stuff um but uh yeah thanks for having me
1: mike that was awesome yeah no, it was a good time, man. I'm glad you came on. And, uh, this may be the last episode of the season. We're working on something. I'm not going to tell you who, um, we'll see where it goes, but there's a good chance that this might be the last episode of this season. So I want to thank everybody who listened to this, uh, this idea that I had all year long, uh, truly appreciate it. all the good feedback and bad feedback and whatever it was that you guys gave me. And I look forward to, uh, continuing this, this show next season. So signing off for the last time this season. Thanks for listening, guys.